Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fit Ben Fon. Please keep that inhale in. <laughs> my name is Ben Limas, and with me always is my dear, dear friend, Dilra Jaisia. Hello. Was that loud peaking all the levels? Yeah, I it gotta, probably does. I'm going to come in with high excitement, Ben, because uh, I got a message from a listener, a very lovely listener, uh, Manny, for uh, checking in on me after the last episode, oh. because apparently I sounded really down and, and uh, out. Uh, but like I said on the pod, it was purely because uh, I had... Um, you know, Tommy Little's radio show in next door yeah. and I had to keep my volume down. But also we had already had a few technical issues. So maybe that was playing on in my... Which, and if people didn't notice the technical issues, there was a lot of cut and pasting <laughs> throughout that episode because we lost bandwidth and we got bandwidth back and then we had to cut, pay. So the fact that, you know, you didn't hear that, win-win for the editor. <laughs> oh, true. Great, great work. Great work, Ben Lomas. Clap it out. But yeah, I uh, I, th- I thought I'll come in extra, extra energy <laughs> to counter the energy from last uh, two episodes. And also, you know, as much as we try to recreate the energy, on Zoom, it, there is nothing better than being in the studio together. 100% because like, you're reading off, like literally you're not stopping and uh, waiting for the person, like uh, you, you know, the delay. The yeah, delay exactly. really throws everything off. Because on Zoom, you got kind of got to read the person's facial expression. Though we have become good at it because when we do Zoom, we also do the commentator's trick where we put our hand up in the air because we know when someone wants to come in with something, which is oh, what yeah. they do when they commentate for the cricket. They either put their hand on or they touch the other person on the shoulder. Yeah, no, me, I put my hand in the air like Limo, like Limo. Limo! <laughs> just like just a Dilruk. But uh, I did uh, have a, a couple of uh, promo things that me and Dave Thornton were doing while we were in lockdown uh, yes. in Adelaide promoting our show. And um, there was one particular one where there was a massive five-second delay between when we were speaking and uh, the b- b- broadcast hearing it. So I'm hearing, we're in de- separate rooms, but I can hear Thorno say the sentence and then five seconds later, it's in my earphones. Uh, it was f- infuriating. That's crazy. weird. That's like a bad collect call back in the day. You know, right. Where you'd like, when we used to go out like grandparents in Holland in the 80s, you'd be like, hey, grandpa, and then, and then I did this at school. I'd be like, pause, pause. And then a little baby's like, is grandpa dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But imagine if you hear the pause, but then hear it again. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. So I can hear Thorno say, hey, good to be here. And then, hey, it's good to be here. Like, it just was so good. So it's nice to be back in the studio. We are back in Victoria. I am off t- off the back of my quarantine tour of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> How many weeks? Six weeks? Six weeks quarantine? Oh, I don't know. The total, it's been about three weeks of quarantining for me, basically. So what happened is, just to keep people a quick rundown, uh, when I left Melbourne, we were in a five-day quarantine. Yep. Uh, I was officially declared. I didn't realize the exemption I got to go into Adelaide was being declared a essential worker. Essential. Essential for laughs. Mate. Essential worker, Dilru Jaising. Yes, yes. That is a huge me. You and should the, just put uh, that on your poster, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent essential work. Do you know how like how weird it feels to know that telling jokes was considered essential? Essential. I fucking love it. We should all go out to the front of our house and start clapping. Well, they say laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> they do, they do. But, but if I, you do have something wrong with you, please see a doctor. <laughs> oh no, no, just just watch my Amazon Prime special. Yeah, Apparently, it'll yeah, help you. You go through ER. They're like, we need stat. We need uh, we need uh, oxygen. And actually, hang on, just put on the Amazon special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it is quality riffing like that that keeps people alive. But I, um, yeah, I went from that Victorian lockdown to a Adelaide self-quarantining rule as an exempt worker or essential worker, where, as I discussed in the previous episode, we can only be in the house or on at the venue. So yeah. I was doing that, I think it was seven days before we were released, or eight days. And then on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we got a bit of freedom. And then from sun on Sunday, or Monday morning, rather, I flew to Perth. And because I missed Perth's window for if you're coming out of Victoria, you have 14 days to not be in Victoria. But I was there for 12 days. Exactly. That two days that I had in Victoria at the start of it was declared me dirty enough to go into self-quarantine at my girlfriend's house, yep. which was very challenging because, um, you know, I, 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 it, it was, I don't like to use this word too flippantly, but it was triggering. Because yeah. it reminded me of a Adelaide, the struggles that you know, the, the difficulty of feeling like a leper yeah. in there the whole time. Because we were at the garden, we were fenced off, me and Thorno and Tommy Little, <laughs> but we could see everyone having a great old time yeah, in the garden. Yeah, so yeah. that feeling was a bit frustrating, not being able to do spots and all that stuff. Again, yeah. don't get me wrong. Very important that I clarify this on paper that. I would do that over and over and over again if that means we get to have shows instead of getting True, 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 true. I would rather do that every single time. 
Yeah. If, as long as we get to perform and actually pay rent. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, that's the big one. So we can actually earn some money. You're right. I think I think right. that's the the key because people are like you know not that you know you're crying oh you know I had to do this it's like no you actually got to do a show 100%. do the thing you love and so then grateful. also get paid. So grateful. So, but it's like uh, but I'm also still human where yeah. I can still feel like you know that I was we got yelled at because our windows were down when in the car when we drove in at one point like fuck off cunt like uh, uh, mate, do you know what I mean like you know it's not like we're doing our best it was this one particular security person that was clearly on a power trip they were loving being able to boss us around well I feel for uh, because there's a a new profession now because I've worked on a couple of television shows where you have the COVID officer our COVID officer was lovely shout out to the wonderful Alison she was amazing amazing and then I was just this was just a bogan with no teeth trying to yell at us because they just (laughs) have a lanyard and feel important fuck you mate yeah but but what I find interesting is COVID officers they've also got a difficult uh Job because, like, for instance, I work on one television show where, like, when I do warm up, I take the mask off, but when I stop, I have to put the mask on. And look, sometimes I forget, and so then I just out of nowhere, I'll just hear someone go, "Hey, put put your fucking mask on." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, right." And that's his job. With anyone who do- actually, I'm one of the few people who gets to take the mask off, but he's got to go around temperature check, you know, temperature check on everyone. Then if someone has a high temperature, then they've got to wait for ten minutes, and he's got to get everyone like it's you, you just. You're kind of just telling off people the whole yeah. time. That's where your job is. I wouldn't want it. Uh, but then again, if again, if we can if still perform. If it means perform, that work, work still happens. Exactly. You know? So what, what has it been like working with Tom Cruise? Uh, it has look, it has been challenging. He's Every time he talks to me, he's on a box. <laughs> so, yeah, it's weird. Okay, sorry. You're a little bit short. But, you know, that's life. Okay, move on. Uh, he does I, uh, do his own stunts. <laughs> that's true. He runs so fast. Uh, I did. Uh, uh, yeah, so for me, going to WA uh, with my lovely girlfriend, it was lovely. Lovely having that um, lockdown. We had six days. Um, so it was nice to actually live like a couple because we've had this yes. long distance thing happening and the other time we saw each other was in Tasmania when we were living in hotels and stuff. Very romantic. Uh, yeah, totally. And it obviously heightens all the emotions. But this was what real life could potentially look yeah. like where we were like, cooking and taking out the bins and things like yeah. that. And it was still lots of love. So that's great. That was a good sign. Yeah, it's and of course, there was a lot of um, sadness when I left again. Obviously, yeah. this long distance thing is quite challenging. It's very painful. Uh, so I only got back on Monday. I think it was Monday. So I went to Sydney on Monday and then was back on um, Mel- in Melbourne Monday night. So, yeah, Tuesday and this morning were the first two days back in Melbourne. And admittedly, very flat. I've gotten so, you you know, it was, you know, yeah, you, totally. you miss your partner. You're, you're on the road. You've got different, you know, different work ethic. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you've got a different rhythm when you're on the road. And then now yeah. you're back, you know, doing your thing. Mate, emotions are all over the place. I went from, you know, having the heightened excitement of, you know, 300 people at the Adelaide venue and performing to them. Uh, we had a couple of sellout shows, which was so cool. And then suddenly you're back in, like, you know, you're, you're a comm in Adelaide by yourself. You know what I mean? Me and yeah. Donna oh. just like, hey, man. And look, at least you got across. Because I heard on the grapevine there was one comedian who left Adelaide and went straight to WA but didn't ask for an exemption <laughs> and then ended up in quarantine. <laughs> what? Yeah. So they were just like, hey, oh, I guess I'll do shows in Perth. And so they left Adelaide, forgetting that they hadn't done the 14 days. 14 days, days in Adelaide. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so that was Who's crazy. Who's the comedian? Uh, Fiona Lockwood. <laughs> oh, that's what I heard. I don't know. Maybe she's out. Maybe she's out. But well, she is a upcoming guest. In fact, we'll even fucking live and say it. She was meant to be on recently yeah, I mean, and then was. got her dates wrong. What are the chances what are the of, ch- of uh, Fiona Lachlan <laughs> getting the dates wrong? Anyway, so uh, look, she's going to be coming up in an episode very soon and we can drill her about all of that. But basically, the point being that I am a little bit out of whack. Uh, It was really hard to keep a lot of my systems going. Um, I did. uh, I have found that I've uh, put on a bit more weight since leaving Melbourne uh, three weeks ago and stuff like that. So, again, I try... Uh, uh, I'm trying not to use the podcast to get motivated to lose weight. Does yes. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because I want to be have this stuff all happen on its own without yeah. the podcast. I don't want to be relying on the accountability of the listeners yeah. and you to get myself motivated. So I'm not yeah. going to give you stats, but just generally saying, okay, I put on some weight that I'm not happy or comfortable with. Um, and so... It was nice for me to see my like attempts to still try and stay fit in spite of all the things that were going <laughs> yeah, wrong. Yeah. For example, in um, Maddie's uh, Maddie's uh, house that it was in, it was just I was not allowed to leave, but she had a backyard, so I was running around zigzagging in the backyard. <laughs> 
<laughs> like a fucking prisoner in in in. At least you had a room. At least you had a backyard. Like that's. I mean, Perth. Have, have a look. Look at that beautiful. I'm showing Ben this picture, right? So it's a Google Maps of yeah. of uh, of the beautiful ocean that she's so close to a three minute walk. Jesus. But then down here, as you can see, <laughs> that's me literally running around. It in looks circles. like a kid's painting, a finger painting. Yeah, but it's so <laughs> sad, isn't it? It's just like it's just like, like right, back, forward, yeah, round. Yeah, got look it. at that. Just there, there, in and out up the driveway down zigzagging down again like it was here's the thing it's like again very proud of the fact that i still try to commit to doing totally. it I would do it like again it's better, not than, it's better than not better than not and i remember like it was man it's i, I never these are the good things you can extract from moments of uh, adversity like this is i just never realized how as much as i love running a lot of it is being able to get out yeah, it, oh. It's not the actual treadmill. Like if I was no. on a treadmill, I don't think I'd enjoy it as much. But this is what it felt like, you know, trying to zigzag around and it wasn't really giving me that. So I did half an hour, right? I thought yeah. half an hour is a good amount. And obviously, because it's almost like a beep test because you're running to one end and it's already, oh, it's already at the end. So you've got to turn back and you're back at the other end very in less than five seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm just running around like a madman. But I thought 30 minutes, that should be about 5K. Uh, it came in at three k's. <laughs> now, what I have to assume is that it doesn't catch all the kilometers that yeah, are actually yeah, running. Yeah, 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 Because oh, it is man. a small. You're in a small area, and yeah. GPS can only go down to a right. Said, That's what said I'm thinking. Area. Right? Surely the GPS is like this dude. Is What's the hardest four, three kilometers you've ever done? <laughs> Mate, I was puffed out. It was like, and it was WA weather, so it's sweaty and muggy. So. I kind of took the rules off initially in terms of any kind of meal plan, right? So initially when I went to WA, sorry, to Adelaide, uh, it was really fun. I may have mentioned it in the last podcast yep. where, you know, I had my quinoa, my, you know, Tano was doing the shopping and put all those things like uh, kimchi and avocado and spinach on the list. And then Tommy Little was like, can we get two slabs, please? And like, yeah. that was literally his only thing. So then after a couple of, uh, almost instantly, I think we started doing takeaway. So there was once in a while yeah, I was totally. able to kind of eat a bit healthy and it was good having someone like Thornton who was very, very good at, you know, self he's very He's a very conscious eater. Also, with you know, because knowing his family quite well, they feed their kids, you know, a lot of organic food and yeah. it's all about healthy uh, vegetables and, yeah. uh, and having the right amount of protein. So, yeah, he's all over it. Was, it. it was really, like, dare I say, inspiring to get to live with someone like him who had such great uh, systems, whether it's around writing, whether it's around exercise or, or you know, diet or talking to his family. There was like really specific things that he would do to try and stay on top of things. And I loved it. And, you know, I, I got it wrong, you know, 50% of the time, but the other times I was getting it right. So I was just not giving myself too much pressure because this is a new world for me to be able to like try and still tap into my, you know, things that work for me without losing my mind right oh absolutely so i prioritized meditation and i prioritized um talking to loved ones and uh what's the other one? Oh, a bit of writing so i thought work yeah, yeah. family and and um meditation yeah. everything else i kind of was loosey-goosey with so i didn't worry about diet plan i didn't worry it was also part of our um because we couldn't go out to the garden and get ourselves meals we were brought meals back yeah, which yeah. is a great bonus okay the problem it was five pizzas every day <laughs> <laughs> so again i was like yep yeah, maybe i don't need to have pizza every night but then once it's in front of you and it's hot and it smells so good i was like fuck this is why systems are more important than motivation because the system of not having junk food around you all the time helps you resist that. Absolutely. Whereas when it's in front of you constantly, you're just that muscle of resisting temptation was fatiguing. I'm like, I can't keep saying no. Oh, mate, I know exactly how you talk about it. Like, like, you know, it's yeah. that thing where if you don't exercise that muscle, then it disappears. And then even if you go off the wagon, you're like, look, I'll just have that little, no, I'll just have that one hot cross bun. And then before totally. you know it, you've eaten all six. Mate, totally. And so it was brutal. So again, it was a nice reminder to know that having junk food away from us is probably, away from me, enables me to better stay on focus with meal plans. Does exactly. that make sense? Yep. So, yes, I gave into it because I'm like, fuck it, man. You're already struggling with just being in the one space every day. Might as well just let yourself have that freedom. And similarly, when I went to WA um, uh, with Maddie, it was like being able to try all the different foods that she, you know, says, oh, you got to try, you know, my, her mom would drop us food like chili mussels and beef rendang and this amazing like specialty yep. she makes. I'm like, I'm not going to say no to those things. And crabs, fresh crabs. Ben. Fresh crabs is delicious. Oh, man. Was it spanagram? No. What is it? Something from Mandurah. Mandurah is famous for crabs. Blue crab? Uh, Green crab. Purple crab. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggle crab. <laughs> I got to hang out with um, uh, Murray Wiggle. Murray Wiggle? Yes. Oh, Which one? What color is he again? He, it's the red one, isn't he? He's rainbow. He's like multicolored. No, he's the red one. He's the red one. Because he, he also did Ninja Warrior. 
What? Yeah, he did Ninja Warrior. Ah, yeah, and then yeah. and they really played up their wiggle angle. <laughs> He's like, he, like, do the fingers, do the fingers. I was like, I think he just wants to concentrate on the do the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lovely guy. I got to hang out with him, but. Um, I was going back to, yes, so basically realizing that, you know, I'm not going to put these rules on pl- in place when I'm, you know, trying to experience life as well. Yeah. But I, within those rules, I can still, you know, within that looseness, I can still put some restriction in. And for example, after f- first three days of um, of in WA, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to not eating before 12 o'clock. You know, things like that. Little yeah. things. Little yeah. things. Yes, I'll have, you know, ice cream and chocolate or whatever, but just wait till 12. Those yeah. types of things. So... I found uh, that was good to test some of my systems, you know, and obviously seeing where the uh, chinks in the armor are. But also um, in Adelaide, I managed to do a park run with Mickey D. Yeah. And I was really nervous because I hadn't run in, man, I don't know, like uh, 10 days or so. That's and, and I was already pa- carrying a bit more weight. But very happy to announce that I still came under 25 minutes. But not only that, um, it was five minutes faster than exactly a year ago. Ah, so yeah, yeah, going Adelaide, I was think I was like at 28, and this one I was like 23, and I was so chuffed. Yeah, we got a lot of f- uh, feedback on Patreon from Mickey's episode, uh, yeah. which is great. Um, and but also, you know, the, you know, the, the idea that he'll he's going to get a lot of clients. He's going to get a lot of clients. I think yeah, there's a lot of people who've shout out already that they want to have uh, Mickey as their personal trainer. And to be honest, if he lived in the same city, I'd want him as a personal trainer. But this is the thing: you can still have him over Zoom. So yeah, get involved. Like I said, I can't. Be, uh, you can listen to the Patreon episodes. This is a good shout out to go uh, yeah. become a squash dog if you haven't heard it. But uh, even on the Patreon episode, I said that you know Mickey essentially uh, you know um, trained me for a marathon yeah. without actually being in the same city as me. So do a check. And also, there was a lot of sizzle, of course, at the possibility of us hitting to Tasmania. Yes. So that was a great part of yes. the episode. So that, one know. of his clients is uh, uh, f- uh, Final Farewell to the Fat Guy, who yeah. was the guy who yelled, Fat Guy, at me at uh, He's uh, a legend. Shout out to you. you so you're great on the social medias. Yeah. Gr- yeah. And um, uh, he, in fact, he's the one who checked in on me to see if I'm yeah, okay. Um, we so like that. That's what we like about our listeners. They care. They're fucking brilliant, mate. And so I do love that uh, he did that. But also him and Mickey will be doing an ultra at, in December, an ultra marathon. And so there's talk of you and I doing a live show in in, um, in Hobart. So tell us if you'd be interested in something like that. We'll we do like a stand-up it. show as well as uh, Absolutely. Well as that. But uh, that basically brings me back to where I am today, which is I've, I'm back on track. I'm just, you know, again, all I can do is just begin again. So yep. you know, I've started my, I went for a run yesterday, very slow, 5K. I think it was like 32 minutes or something like that because I just wanted to take it in, took some photos as I'm running because, man, I haven't been out. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that was nice to go, just go through the tan and and again, it's 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 being outside. Like you've yeah. got to you got to understand it's that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago that sense of earthing, like you know the idea of just you know being out there, being in touch with nature, feeling the ground, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you just need to do it. Like this, something one is to get the endorphins up, but two just to be outside, breathe oh, the fresh mate. air. Have you heard about those grounding mats or whatever? Yeah, that's what, yeah. So yeah, grounding mats because I, I think we talked about a couple of episodes where a friend of mine who I go camping with he's got one of them and he just stands on it every couple of days. Really? Yeah. So should I get one for my apartment? Uh, look, I reckon there's something to be said for it because I just came back from a long weekend away. I went down to Aries Inlet mm. and uh, stayed with a friend of mine uh, and uh, you know amazing amazing human being to let a family of four stay in his two bedroom apartment uh, wow. down at Aries, but absolutely loved it. Unbelievable. How uh, far is Aries Inlet from where we are? Well, uh, it takes about one and a half hours to get okay. down there. About one hour. Um, uh, but of course, public holiday. Uh, it took maybe two hours to get down there. Why is everyone driving to us? That yeah, but on the way back uh, from Anglesey, uh, which is again uh, down along the Great Ocean Road, usually takes one and a half hours. No issue. Uh, on re- the return of our holiday, three and a half. Ooh. So it was traffic from the coastal town all the way home. And I I'm never... sure traveling with two young children would have been fine. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was totally fine. It was only the five pit stops uh, along the way where you have to urinate on the side of the road because my daughter needs to go to the toilet every 30 seconds. Well, she's staying hydrated. That's what's important. It is. It is. Um, I don't have a good relationship with Angle C. Just quickly, side note, uh, I did a gig there uh, in my first year of comedy where it was performing to the Rovers, who are the scouts who didn't yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. keep going. And, um, uh, needless the people who can't let go of their youth. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, look at you and me. We do. We, you know, let's not let's not throw stones while we're living in this beautiful glass house. Um, so I, um, I, it was me and a couple other comedians, and uh, they were yelling and screaming. And it was the it was funny because we were get, not getting paid for it. We were just happy for the Classic. opportunity. Yeah. So we drove to Anglesey to perform for them, and I had. It was to good s- for your profile. It was good for the stage sign, <laughs> right? And I was on the next night. So the plan is because I don't have my driver's license. My friends were going to drive there, and uh, we. Um, I was going to stay overnight yeah. and then get a ride back with someone else. Uh, but I had to camp out overnight to do 10 minutes of stand-up. The so next you had to day. camp, like literally camp, camp Overnight. But they were on that night itself, my two mates. And I was going to be on the next day. And my two mates go on and they get yelled at and shit's like, it's like awful. And and um, and rather than me just saying, oh, I'm not going to do the gig, I said to the organizer, I'm like, look, this is pretty brutal the way I can treat it. We're not getting paid. We're here voluntarily, voluntary, volunteering our time. So I'm not going to do my spot tomorrow. He's like, I completely understand. I'm like, but can I do it now? <laughs> He's like, why? He's like, I'm like, I just want the stage time. <laughs> so I went and did it anyway. And I remember getting a beer can chucked at my head and I caught it and I sculled it. And that's when I won them over. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It was still awful. Yeah. Because Especially a full beer can thrown at your head. Well, it was like half also, quarter, three quarter. Dib, dib, dub, dub. Like these are the people supposed to... You know, care for the community. I know. I was look to be honest. It's I don't the know the whole where. motto, isn't it? Just to, to look after each other. Well, no, the motto is be prepared. I guess. <laughs> okay, be prepared to hell abuse. Yeah, I guess that's what I think. I think I was learning to be prepared for <laughs> shitty crowds. But uh, no offense, I'm sure some of the rovers may have had reasons for yelling at us. I don't know what actually happened. I, I don't well, want maybe to be they didn't get their, You know, didn't, didn't get a badge that day, so they wanted to take it out on someone. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't cook yeah. a sausage in a tree badge or yeah or maybe the badge was to throw a beer at a convention <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throwing hurl, technique hurl abuse at a minority that's what uh, <laughs> their thing was but uh, so look uh, that's my last memory of Anglesey and hopefully you have a better one for me um, yeah, I do I do love that we usually stay down at Monks Creek but this time we stayed uh, down at Aries but it was just a reminder of uh, getting back to nature because I think all of Melbourne left because it was the first real weekend that you could leave. Like last long weekend, excluded away the school holidays, last weekend was Cup Day. And again, it was 50-50 whether you could go or not. But this time restrictions are lifted. So all of Melbourne went down to the coast. But what I love though is my mate lives there. And, you know, I love, you know, I've been having, you know, ever since I've installed the shower and the sauna, haven't had a shower inside. Just love cold showers. He's really into the Wim Hof method. And he goes, well, it's, it's, we've got the ocean. I have to admit, waking up every morning and just throwing yourself into the ocean is just the best feeling. Like, I love a cold shower, and it's the same feeling. But when you're out there with a mate, which is also really, and you're bobbing in the water, and you're just letting that salt water just drip all over you, and you're in there for 10 minutes, you come out. I, I get why people move to the coast. I know why they do it, but it's just that thing where it's like, every day, if you have access to that, and I was saying to my mate Glenn, he just goes there morning, goes to work in Geelong, comes back, Sits in the ocean at sunset and then goes to bed, and that's his life. That that is how, that's his two. That's his you know checklist. He has to do those two things, which is what go to bed and sit in the ocean. The yeah, or just <laughs> just like go have two swims a day. So and one then, in the morning, one in the evening. One in the evening, right. and what he does as well is sometimes, depending you know, unless he's got a friend over, he will actually cook dinner on the beach. So he'll cook up all these veggies and then have a swim and then just eat on the beach and watch the sunset. And I was like, wow, like. You know, he's gone through some issues himself, but the fact that, you know, he's doing these things to make him feel better, it was just a reminder that, again, like, if I, if I didn't have family and even, like, you know, with some really close friends, but more or less family, if my family were to pass away or would not be here, I'd really consider moving to the coast because it's only one and a half hours. Like, I'm, like, no, I, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, no, no, no. I, I get the sentiment. I just did not think you were going to frame it that way. <laughs> if something adverse would have happened to my family, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but just saying, uh, you know, if yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they it, accidentally it. suddenly found, you know, like, found this themselves awful, like you're yeah, like, well, no, I, I guess I have to go to the beach now. <laughs> Whoopsie. But I think, yeah, I agree that the wording was uh, yeah. somewhat. You're, somewhat you're, you're de- put it this way. You're delighting in their demise too much here. <laughs> There's another way to frame it, I think. There is, yeah. So, but, uh, but that's why we stay in Melbourne. Just for the record, for the uh, of course, the, I love my family. Okay, just check it. Um, More than the ocean, but also we could <laughs> we couldn't go down there because the kids were already in school. So it's like that dream of moving down the coast is like yeah, a bit of a pipe dream. But then I understand why people have beach houses. Like even if you went down there every weekend. But what I did notice on the long weekend is I broke my streak. 
So I didn't wake up at six o'clock in the morning. But again, I was bending the rules. I was like, well, I'm still waking up and I'm having a cold swim. Like, you know, like I'm still being present enough and enjoying it and getting the body invigorating. And the best thing about it was like, being down there with the kids, you just you went for um, like just shitloads of walks. Yeah, we just went walking, walking, walking. We did this crazy one where we went down to the beach, and we thought we'd walk around the rocks, and then at areas the tide was out, and then we come across this gigantic seal. Like the kids have never seen a seal. I've never really seen a seal. Just I on saw the beach. it. Yeah, huge, huge. You, on seal. your Instagram, you called it a motherfucking seal. Yeah, I was just like we were blown away, and then but because of the and then na- to, like I thought you'd. I thought you'd seen a seal heaps of times. Yeah, but not just like up close, Why just not? by itself. Right next to Boy George. I will talk for 45 minutes and none of it will make it to air. <laughs> um, shout out to Seal. I'm sure you're listening. Yeah. Um, oh, I have so many stories about that guy. Um, but yeah, so we went down the beach. But then we had this weird thing where... My friend Glenn is a bit of an adventurist, so he's just like he loves just going on adventures. Like that's what it, what he is. And he said, "Hey, you know what'd be a great idea? Why don't we just climb around all the rocks and then go all the way around to uh, the Aries Inlet Beach and we'll go past Lighthouse?" I was like, "Okay, sure, that's fine." And as we're walking, I was like, "I've got two kids. I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old." And so we're walking across the rocks, and it's really slippery, and there's like big climbs, and we're walking around, and we go around another corner. I was like, "That took us at least forty minutes to get to that one corner." And then I see another huge line of rocks. And I was like, okay, Glenn, just let you know, we, we're going to go around. When we get to the other corner, it's, it's going to be okay. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we make it all the way around the corner. And I'm like, there's still another huge, huge stretch of rocks. And the tide's coming in. And I'm like, hey, buddy. Like, you know when you have those moments where you're just like, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. Like, there's one thing to put myself at risk or, you know, that the water's coming out. But I've got two beautiful human beings. You know, like that I've Plus just... your kids. Yep. <laughs> but I was just like, this is just crazy. I started, not to panic, but you have those things like, you think of it yourselves as like a news headline. You're like, and a whole family gets uh, washed off at the rocks at Aries. And I was just like, mm. the adrenaline really started. Uh, Pretty kicking. arrogant that you made the headlines. The- I would have thought it's just a little, <laughs> a little, little side, side, note. side note. But then what was really interesting, like, okay, let's step it up. And I was like... And then for the first time ever, in a very long time, yeah, I do a bit of core strength, but nothing as much as just picking up children, picking up from one side and then putting them up to another rock. So I was just picking up 20 kilos and then just shoveling them all the way around. Till we got, and we got to the end. We got there safely. It was fine. Next, I'm glad you clarified that as opposed to right now going, yeah, so they're still there. And they're the rocks still there, and yeah. We, we hope Actually, okay. the seal's looking after them. <laughs> <laughs> the looking cheapest out. babysitter. But, but then I woke up the next day, just my core is just so just like, oh, like because it was just like having yeah. medicine balls from yeah, either side. That's what, yeah. the, like, that's what the actual movement um, is. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about it was like I was so proud that, you know, I was like, oh, actually, you know, because I've been doing, you know, I'll talk about it, but I've been doing a lot of stretching. And so I was able to, you know, you know in some cases, like, you know, do a decent lunge and then pick up a child. And I haven't really had that flexibility in my hips. It's something I'm trying to work on really hard to increase the flexibility. So I was actually really happy with that. And I was like, wow, you know, you know what's also... I went through a whole, you know, walking for like two hours without spraining my ankle. Well, that's crazy. Like, those rocks are slippery. I don't know how I didn't do that. Cut back to the morning before we head to where we head home. We thought, you know, we'll go for a nice bushwalk. Nice bushwalk. Off we go. Oh, God. And walking along, I was like, and, you know, and again, I'm just like walking like I'm just getting out of the gym. I've got a new walking style. It's all about opening up the hips and just making sure that I use my whole foot. And as I'm walking right at the end, snap the ankle. Just roll it like a motherfucker. Snap or I, just you're exaggerating? No, I'm exaggerating. So right. it just I just go, what happens is I roll it and it just like nearly fall over and then my ankle re-corrects and then rolls the other way. So I do like a double roll when I do my ankle. So it goes on either side, left to right. Yeah. So it's, you go first left and then right and I scream. It's been so long. I'm just like, ah. And the kid's like, you're scaring the kangaroos. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Like I was like, and then I was like, and then it was, you, you sort of go into recovery mode. I was like, it has been so long since I've done this good and proper. And then I just start getting my walk on. And, and it's like, you need to sit down. I was like, no, no, no. I know how this works. We've got to get back to the car because if I don't get back to the car, I won't be able to walk because the swelling doesn't kick in to like maybe like an hour or so. So I was just walking, 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 walking. And then by the time I got back to the car, I was like, let's head home. And then Seriously, for the last two days, just icing it nonstop. Icing, Ow. stretching, compression. Icing, doing exercise, compression. And it's just been 
so long since I've done that. And I was just so angry with myself because I was like, oh, mate, you know, and probably because I'm a bit heavier on my feet. I was like, is, that's got to add to the more, uh, the more stress because when I was lighter, you know, that flipping it, like – all these emotions, like mm. all these emotions came back to you're not at the weight you want to be. You're not at the fitness you want to be. And I was able to resolve myself and go, but you know what? You're doing everything you need to do. You're on a trajectory of losing that weight. You're stretching. You're, you know, you're doing all the things that you want to do. But at that moment of the time, it just was a, tr- it was a literal trigger to not only pain, but to the pain that I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. And that was really full on at the end of what was an ultimate. And it didn't take away from the weekend. It was a lovely weekend. Didn't help that I had to drive a manual car. Uh, for three and a half hours having to hit that clutch with a sore ankle (laughs) for three and a half hours. But it was that it was that same thing that I was like, ah, I just it's another reason where it just when I'm lighter on my feet, there's less injuries. That's just what it is. Like if you have an extra weight when you do injure yourself, you're following more through on the injury. There's just more there's more pressure on your bones, full stop. And so and so that with the whole stretching thing, I was like, well, I had an appointment and I'll just show you. I'm just gonna go so I had an appointment where it's like, you know, I'm seeing a myotherapist. Like, so I'm just like, it's all about flexibility. Try to do more of that. And then I'll show you the bag. Oh, cupping. Cupping. So he is being cupped. I am doing a lot of cupping at the moment. Yeah. So right, right, right. You look like a Dalmatian. I look like a Dalmatian. Oh, the best thing is where, because what is my back is covered in bruises and also my hips and legs. But what's really interesting is I didn't tell the kids I was doing this, oh. and I went to pick up. I went to pick them up, and I was like, "Hey guys, I got something to tell you." And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "I was swimming in the river, and an octopus attacked me." And they're like, "Whatever, Dad." And I was like, "Look," and I lift up my shirt, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, the joke I had on stage with an octopus <laughs> gave me kids. Yeah, yeah, and so, but I love it because Taya's like, because I love it because like the different ages. Because Taya just went. Um, Taylor just went, hey, oh, my God, like, what the how, – how big was it? And, and Minka's like, tell me the real story. Oh, wow. <laughs> she's like, in that age, she's like, no, I know how this works. She's like a mentalist. Yeah, she's a like – A minkalist. Yeah, minkalist. And she's like, just, t- just tell us the real story. But what's interesting is the cupping is – so you can do it for relaxation. So for people who don't know what cupping is, they put cups, it sucks up your skin and gets a bit of blood flow. It's like deep, t- deep tissue massage. Uh, to a degree, uh, and it really helps with the healing process. But in, in the way I'm doing it is I'm doing functional stretching with cupping. So I have cupping and then I get stretched at the same time. So I can just increase that mobility. So when I go home and do my own stretching, that I can get that extra length. So it's sort of like capitalizing and leveraging on you do some extra length. Yeah. Yeah. So where? Yeah. <laughs> How much? Where are you getting cupped? Can you imagine two cups on your balls just sucking them out? Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm sure it's been done. Uh, um, for but, people, just to clarify, so it's a little ball like a jam jar almost. If you think yeah. like a circular jam jar that they heat up with, uh, it's like with a the vacuum. Candle. So it creates the heat creates a little vacuum. So when they put it on the skin, it just sucks the skin in. Exactly. And then leave it there for a couple of minutes. Now, deep tissue is a great example. It's like that pressure you feel on a deep tissue, but it's there like consistently and permanently and it's yeah. a nice feeling it's like imagine if someone's putting that pressure on multiple spot parts of your yeah. body at it's the like they've got time. 10 hands 10 hands correct like or eight like an octopus and yeah. um <laughs> instead uh, and uh the only drawback i found with it is that you look ridiculous at the end of it yeah yeah because she goes i hope you're not doing any bikini shoot soon i was like well one that is an insult and two uh how many times have you used this line <laughs> like, I was like, uh, true. yeah you've used what? that a lot a lot but yeah this is coming from the guy who keeps having dinner with his grandparents at the yeah, uh, respectable time, time of 4 p.m. Yeah, 4 p.m. You don't even go on bit. I have to remind you about all material. That's yeah, happened recently as well with a couple mm. of others. But what it, like so it just increases blood flow, and then also with her, she moves them around. So she so, oh, so once it starts, she moves it. She moves them around. So she does that. So sort of to oh. stretch, uh, like just to stretch the the deep I tissue. want it. And but what's you do is so, so then, <laughs> but then what you do is you do certain stretches, mm. right? You do certain stretches and so for instance you touch your toes and then when it's pulling they then moves she moves it to where it's stretching more so just, they rarely stay in the same spot so then she, so where you're feeling shows where's the tightness oh, it's actually up here on that one so then she'll move a couple of cups more to that area but what was interesting which i already knew this that my hips aren't great 
But what was really just, I've had surgery on my right-hand side and that has more flexibility in my left-hand side. But the big difference was, was how dominant and stronger my right hip is to my left hip. My left hip has such little strength. Like there was one exercise where I was lying on the side and I had to lift my leg up and move it left and right. I could barely do that. And she's like, yeah, that's because of all... because of The just, compensation. Yeah, all the compensation. And she goes, look, it might be to a degree that you know, you've busted your ankle on your left-hand side. That might have something to do with it. But she said, really, it's just like she goes... She started playing with one muscle. It was a muscle that goes across your quad, so sideways from your back. The ITB? Yes, the ITB. She goes, this is like a guitar. Like she goes, I feel like I can just start playing Eric Clapton on it. And I was like, yes, yes. In, fucking, in, in what way? Which, it's so tight. She goes, it's like, she goes, I'm putting the cups on here, but I'm not even getting that much. Like she's like, it's, uh, it's so it's tight. So tight. So I would say, why, I'm still stuck on the guitar string. Well, it's just <laughs> like, like, it's so taut. So it's so taut that she right. could play it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But it was just like that same thing. I was like, but if I roll on that, so I've got all this, you know, exercises I'm doing on the roll. And the most painful one is on that. So I was just like, it's just excruciating because it's yeah. just so tight. And she said, you know, she goes, that could be decades of tightness. She goes, there is room to move, like literally, like, but it's going to take a lot of work. So I feel like I'm going to be a cupping guy for uh, for some time. Um, well, I have a whole bunch of things I want to talk about. So firstly, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, listeners can correct me. I believe that the IT band is one of the ones that are hardest to stretch using static stretching. Yeah. Because it's like the, the way the muscle is kind of in between the quad and the hamstring or whatever, it's really hard to stretch. One of the ways people can do it is with like a theragun or uh, form rolls yeah. and things like that. That's because that's you've got to go in deep, right? So that's quite a common thing to have IT band issues. So for example, when yeah. I did the half marathon, I went in for a knee issue <clears throat> And then turns out my glute was weak, my left glute. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm here for my knee. They're like, yes, mate, your glute is weak, so that I, it's pulling on the IT band. And as the IT band's pulling onto the kneecap, it's shifting the kneecap to the left. Well, it's funny because I felt it in my knees afterwards. Right. Yeah, especially in the left one. It's like, exactly. Yeah, it blows my mind when someone's like massaging, like, say, the top of your arm and you feel it in your finger or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or feel it in your toes because love is all around me. <laughs> and so the feeling goes. But, <laughs> but also, I also, um, firstly, want to say, man, I'm genuinely I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. That's fucking awful. That sucks, especially because when you'd sort of got back on track a little bit, oh, all of that. Brutal. To, to have this you know, injury kick in. It's like, it's so frustrating. And you can, you know, no matter how good you can get at self-talk, it's really hard in that moment to disassociate like anger because it's like, it, it's so- It's so triggering. It's so triggering. Cause you're like, fuck you. I'm trying to get better. Yeah. And you, this is what the, like the body feels, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like the body has let you down. It's like, fuck off, man. Yeah. We, we were on good track. And then you start to victim blame yourself as you did yourself. Oh, if I wasn't heavier, if I wasn't this, if I wasn't that. It's like, yeah, it, it's so, it's a, it, it's just an awful headspace to be in. And I'm but, sorry you had to go through that. Thanks, Dil. But the, the thing that also gets to me as well, which I'm just thinking about it now, is the ankle of all injuries is the most self-inflicted one. Yes, I did it while I was playing basketball mm. and soccer. But it was also the one where if I was having a big night on the piss, mm. I would roll it all the time. Right. And so then it would be even worse because I've just drowned with alcohol. I wake up home, I sleep over, I don't ice it. Mm. And so for me, it's just also a symbol of the drinking I did in the past. Right. The fact that I didn't look after my body. That's that's the one that gets me the most. So when I do do it, it's just like, come on. Like, why? Like, there's nothing left mm. in that ankle. It's the one thing you got to look after. And the thing is, I can't, like, I'm looking, like, you know, new orthotics, new ways of walking. Like, I'm doing everything to strengthen my ankles, all that kind of stuff. And then this happens. Mm. And so it's just, I think I was like, yes, well, you know, I'm doing all the things to heal it. Uh, you know, like, you know, I've got ultrasound and interferential on it today. It will get better. But then I also have to deal with the thing which I have also tried to let go is where I don't want to think about it every time I go for a fucking walk. Yeah. Because you're always like, okay, you have the foot out, have the left foot out slightly out, have the left foot, watch where you're walking. It takes up so much mental space when you actually, I'd rather be watching and looking at the trees. Oh, look, there's a lovely magpie. Oh, fuck, I've done it again. Right. right. So it's that thing where it's like, it's, it's so super annoying. And then yeah. also when you do an injury, like, yes, your partner's very, you know, sweet about it and you try to look after it. You still got to do all the parenting stuff. Mm. There's no time to rest. Because the kids don't understand. The know? kids are like, yeah, okay, daddy, now can we do this? You're like, oh, we actually have to do that. Like, yeah. like it's, 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 it's frustrating. But again, So when did the injury happen? Uh, so on Monday. 
So yeah, so two days ago, we're recording yeah, two on days Wednesday. Ago. So tell me this then, what have you done uh, in terms of self-talk or self-analysis to get yourself out of that? Are you still in it in terms of the the frustrated place? And is there an opportunity to to build from this moment? Um, I think there is. I think for me, it's like it's, it's just trying not to dampen because we, we kind of – we're in a celebratory mode. So Mara and I celebrated 25 years on and off. Oh, right? clap it on and off. <laughs> the, the asterisk that comes with and it. Because like it's not 25 years straight. Like there have been breaks. But, but, we've, we've, but we've had time to reflect. And it's a really nice – like it is such a huge achievement to go from when I first kissed her in year 10. How right? old are you? Uh, I'm 40. No, how old were you? Uh, 15. So, right, right. So, we're 15. So, we are high school sweethearts. Yeah. And so, it's so we have spent more time together than we've spent more than half our lives together. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, and it's crazy. Like, you know, I knew her brother when he was like, you know, 10. Yeah. Now he put the sauna together. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, it's so bizarre. And so, we, and so it's, and because of the way life is with kids, we actually haven't had a proper, like, you know, our babysitters away, um, you know, all our other resources for babysitting have disappeared. So, really, the only way we kind of celebrated it was going out to dinner as a family, which we absolutely loved. And then just, you know, lying, you know, in the sauna, just going, Happy, happy 25 years. Like, it was really sweet. Yeah. And we had really time to reflect. But we haven't had that sort of, you know, we want to book a hotel in the city. Yeah. You know, go out for dinner. And it's just like, that'll come. Like, but it's just, it's kind of been funny that like, you know, plus the weekend away. Because the first time we ever got to, together was the Labor Day weekend. So right. we was always talking about that was the first time we kissed. Because we went away with a group of friends. And so therefore, the ninth is always, we kind of, because for years we didn't know what our anniversary was. We actually, to be honest, we actually decided what date our anniversary was this year. Which is the 9th of March? Yeah, we're like, we got to uh, put a date on well, it. Well, my mum and dad's is the 10th of March, so there you go. There you go. So it's one day before mum and dad's. So, so we're just like, okay, let's celebrate it. And it's also really funny because we, we know each other so well. It's just like just reflecting on like what like because people go oh, 25 years is a long time. It's like yeah, but also you got to understand it's so many different like relationships in that one year. Like when sure. you're when, when you were in your kid, it's it's you've got no idea. You're trying in your 20s, you're trying to find yourself. In your 30s, like like I had a midlife crisis in my 30s, and then once you have a kid, it's a completely different relationship mm. altogether. Mm. And people say that's the same with marriage, but we're, we're never going to get married, so there's no you know we, you know we're never going to do that. So that step we've kind of kind of skipped that step because we've had kids, but that's why with the ankle. It's kind of that thing where I was like, I haven't really let it dampen the last couple of days. It was like, I actually really want to celebrate mm. what we've got now, which is, you know, just genuinely reflecting on uh, on what the last 25 years is. Because we were going to have a big party mm. uh, and we still might, but it's just that same thing as like we wanted, you know, to have friends from overseas come over, like turn into a real big event, pretty much have a wedding without having a wedding. Is there a way to extract a massive win from that that analysis, which is that, you know, maybe five years ago, something like this would have at your 20 anniversary might have dampened the mood and you would have got really frustrated and, you know, been drank like yourself silly, drank yourself silly and not having that um, sort of perspective to realize, yes, this sucks and it's frustrating and all the feelings you're feeling are valid. Yeah. But you're like, you know what? As valid as those feelings are, I'm not going to let it seep into what is a celebratory moment for 25 yeah. years. Is there some level of being able to look at it and go fuck you have grown so much with it and then Absolutely. to tag on the alcohol knowing that yes you your brain goes to the number of times that you fucked up your you know yourself on booze while uh, while being drunk you rolled the ankle so many times and you have that self you know anger rather directing that you know blame to yourself in those moments yes again while that is true i guess there's a way to look at it and go but you don't do that anymore because you have now more self-respect for yourself. Like, sure, you're totally. still paying for those sins and Absolutely. you will probably pay for it forever. For the rest of my life. But unlike most people, I would say literally say most people in the world, you're, you aren't someone who had these problems and just kept continuing to do the same thing over and over again. You have taken charge. You have decided to, you know, take a stance and show yourself a bit more respect than having to put yourself to that position over and over again. Yep. And again, sure, there are going to be ongoing issues because of that behavior, but at least you know you're not going to do, you know, worsen it. Totally. And then I always, I think after, after doing this podcast for so many years, you go, we have all these theories, like, and, and there are so many examples of people doing it, but it's not until you put your systems in place that you, that you then have these actions. But I think sometimes the best times that you realize something works is when you don't notice it. 
And in this instance, it took me a while mm. to know. So I was like, I've done my ankle. I'm so annoyed in the moment. I'm like, this is fucked. I hate yeah. this. It takes, it, you, know, it, I, it, you know, my negativity fed throughout my family and my friend at the time. I was just fucking furious. But the best thing about it is like all the actions. What can I do? Well, I can ice it. I can ice it every two hours and I can stick to that. Then I can strap it. Then I can go see my myotherapist and go see my parents. I've done everything to make that ankle feel better. And the best thing about it is as soon as you do all the things you can possibly do with that problem, then you can let go of it. Now, sure, you're still limping and it's a reminder, but there's nothing else you can do. So as soon as I let go of that negative and I've done everything I can, then you can genuinely move on. Yeah. But if you only do half an ass job on something, then it still stays niggling with you. And I was like, I should have done this. I should have done this. With the ankle, I can't do any more than what I've done. Yeah, 100%, man. So it's just like, bang, let go. Like, and that's the th- like that that letting go, it'll crop up in your head again and you'll frustrate it. But to sit there, think with it and push it away and just go, I've done with it. I, there's nothing more I can do but dwelling on it because dwelling is literally not going to help. Mm. And I used to say it, but I generally didn't think I could believe it. And now at the moment now, it's like, oh, actually, I am doing that. Yeah. And I think it's a good lesson for uh, for us to remember that everything in life takes time, takes practice. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, I heard a guides talk about saying that your excuses are always valid. Every excuse you have, whether it's, you know, your body, your your gender, your uh, racial background or whatever it is, things that make things harder for you, usually those excuses almost always are valid. It's valid. The excuse is valid. But unfortunately, just because the excuse is real and valid doesn't mean that the action still gets done. Like if it's something you care about, you still have to do the work. And it's unfair that you might have to do more work than someone in a more privileged position. Yeah. But unfortunately, it doesn't matter. So you can have either the, the you can either have the emotion or the result. You can't have both. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You can either accept. I, I wish I could remember the person who said it, but he was a South African entrepreneur, and uh, he was talking to a guy called Tom Bilyeu. So if people want to look that up, I guess you find it from there. But basically, that that resonated with me. Yes, so many excuses are valid. Like you know, I uh, it, I think about my fucking shoulder injury that's been impacting my ability to do push-ups and things like that, and the frustration that I have. But yes, it's happened now, though. So am I going to just not do leg training? Am I going to not, you know, try and yeah. do some uh, core work? I still can do those. But yes, I'm frustrated that I can't do push-ups again. You know what I mean? Like that's a really awful feeling because I can feel the muscles atrophying. But I'm like, but I can either just say, oh, yeah, I can't do it now. or do nothing. Or I can lick my wounds and go, all right, well, let's try and do some minimum. Let's try and do some rehab. Let's do like using bands. Yeah. So I've started using bands for my shoulder, you know, because I can't do weights yet. You know, things like that. So it is, again frustrating and it is debilitating this feeling of wanting the best for yourself but having your body let yourself down oh yeah and it's also and it's also switching because for me like i'm not earning the money i used to right so it's you know it's it's still a huge dent in especially in our industry uh but you know this year i'm feeling it more than i have before and Mm. so now it's that thing where i was like can i justify all this money on on um on cupping and on all that kind of stuff. And, and I want to invest, but it's changing. It's not spending money, it's investing money. Yeah. And so for me, it's just a reminder. I was like, no, I'm investing in my body. You know, the one that you ignored from your 20 to your 30s that yeah. you absolutely bashed around. Well, now it's your time to, that money that you've saved in those three years of not drinking, you're investing into your body. And since I've changed that mindset, I'm like, yeah, it's money. And I'm not earning a lot of it, but fuck, you know what? I'm investing in that. I'm investing in my body. And that's what I need to do to get me back to where I want to be. Yeah. The analogy that I use in the Bundle of Joy Amazon special that we mentioned before, not to shout out, but is the about a car. Like you can have, we've got this car that we were given to us. Yeah. And maybe in our 20s, we drove very recklessly that has caused a lot of, um, you know, damage to the car. Maybe some of them, it's irreversible. Yeah. But in order to make sure that we can continue driving more in the future and take our, you know, families on happy trips, we still have to maintain the car. It's yeah. on us because there's no, uh, you know, no two ways about it. So what do we have to do to invest in the car to try and make it run smoothly for the next few years yeah. at least? You know, until the car Unless it's out. a real lemon, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that even the most liminal bodies is still worthy of love and yeah, respect. I mean, look, you can send it to the wreckers and get that. <laughs> 100%. I think we still should respect our lemon bodies, right? Make lemonade. Well, it's funny. The only reason I say that is at the moment now I've got an old Valiant Chrysler. Have you ever seen my old Valiant Chrysler? Well, you can pick holding this metaphor if you want. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no. But this, is, this actually sums it up. It adds to it. I've had my Valiant since I was 20. It has been in storage at my dad's. Dad's like, I don't have that storage you've got to do something with it you've got to get rid of it i was like 
I don't want to get rid of it. I love that car. And I, in my head, I'm like, when I make squillions of money, I can then just invest all my time and money in that car. I cannot let go of that car. So at the moment now, I've got a 1967 Valiant Chrysler Slant 6. Shout out to anyone who has a storage facility in <laughs> Melbourne because I need, I can't, I, I could sell it and someone could buy it and then do it up. But part of me is just like, I've had this car for so long. I've, I've spent so much of my time and energy in that object. I held it just like Marie Kondo. I held the car and going, does it spark still joy. spark joy? I was like, I'm this close to fucking it. Yeah. So I'm well, just when like, you realize you have dicks in the silencer, <laughs> you probably spark a lot of joy. So I was like, I need to find, I need to find a place. Cause I was like, this car still has life in it. I still want to give it. It still deserves what it deserves. Well, there you go. That's your body as well. You know, know. yes, it's got injuries. Yes. Your dad doesn't want to store your body at home anymore. <laughs> But it wants you to move out. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's on you now. If you yeah. want to continue to drive it, you've got to you do keep... the work. You've got to do the investment into the system. And, um, look, I also going – just quickly, we need to start wrapping up. Yes. I have something I want uh -huh. to talk about. But uh, um, the thing about you saying walking, you want to be able to walk without having to think about it. Yeah. It's always – important to remember that everything that we do subconsciously now so let's stick with the driving analogy right when yeah. you first drove there were so many things that you had to memorize hand on the you know left 10 and 2 o'clock position you the know what the 10 and 2 o'clock position keeping the hand on the steering wheel I didn't hear that. oh really yeah. okay well maybe it's a Sri Lankan <laughs> thing take it from the guy who doesn't have his driver's license <laughs> Um, but anyway, so you're now keeping the hands in those positions always, and all, all these things that you did when you when you started, yeah. you had to Check consciously, yeah. consciously do it. So there's like four stages. I think it's unconscious, um, uh, unconscious incompetence. Then it becomes conscious incompetence, which is yeah. basically you're aware that you're not good at it. Then you become consciously competent, where you're yeah. like, oh, I'm aware that I'm better at it. And then you just become unconsciously competent, where yeah. you're doing it correctly without even realizing. Which driving is a great example of that. It's a great example, right? You're able to listen to the radio, you've you got all these things happening that yeah. maybe when you first started driving, you were tense and squeezing the wheel so desperate because yeah. you're so... Like, you think about the first time you try to change lanes. That is one of the most nerve-wracking things. Right, right. You're on a highway going, I've got to change lanes. You put your blinker on. You look in the rearview mirror. It's all clear. It's fine. But just just doing it yeah. is a nightmare. Well, sounds stressful. I remember <laughs> in GTA when I was doing it, I didn't really worry about it. But, uh, but you know what I mean? Like those skills that you have now as a driver at some point, maybe 10, 15 years ago, was challenging, yeah. right? So similarly, just reminding yourself that, yes, maybe these first few years or decade of being aware of your walking and knowing correctly how to step again is going to be frustrating because you're unconscious you're consciously incompetent yeah just remember that you just as long as you keep focused on it eventually it'll become conscious competence yep. and then eventually unconscious competence because yep. you retrain you're retraining something that is just embedded in your system yes and the only way you can do that is repetitive just repetitive is over and over and over being conscious of it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and i'm guessing it's also harder because unlike starting from a blank slate you're now undoing certain habits oh. and then creating the new ones my my hip flexors at the moment uh i can feel every part of my hip flexors like it's amazing and that is just something i am going to have to do over the next couple of years mm. just to go these things are just as tight they have not not doing what they were supposed to be doing and I've been compensating by leaning forward when I walk for instance like that kind of stuff where I was like I like just Michael Jackson in Smooth Criminal exactly exactly like that <laughs> Um, um, we so, gotta go. We well, gotta go. No, no. Before I said, I have one more thing. Oh, to do. okay. Yeah. I thought that was it. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, what I want to say is, I uh, I walked in with the box, and you didn't even comment on it. I did, but I just assumed you have to. Yeah, actually, I didn't comment on it because you have walked in with like paper bags and stuff before. <laughs> paper yeah. bags? Yeah. Well, not paper bags, like shopping bags. You, you shop a bit. <laughs> Sometimes what? you bring yeah, you bring stuff in. When do I shop a bit and come to the poo studio? Yeah, yeah. I just, I, 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 I didn't question it because I was like, me with? Do like, you do what? something with Nazim? Then he comes shopping and you think it's me? <laughs> no, no, no. I think once he came in with shoes. Uh, I remember that. You came with a box of shoes because uh, you did something for something. And then another time you came in with a brand new jacket. Uh, another the jacket's time. not shopping. It's just wearing a new outfit. No, no, You had it in a bag. You had it in a bag. Okay, okay, okay. And then, well, anyway, the point is. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, anyway. it's not surprising. All right, anyway, All right. So I have a box here that. 
Can you read the the who it's addressed to? To Derek Jai Singer and Ben Lomas. Correct. So as we've discussed, what the hell? As we've discussed, there's a we have really a bunch of wonderful listeners, and unfortunately, this is most likely going to be a visual gap. Do you have a pen? Uh, uh, I do. Hold on. We this have is a listener. Very yeah, mate. We have a listener. The wonderful Angela from Vancouver, Canada, has. Uh, has found so much benefit in our ramblings that she wanted to say thank you to us by sending us a care pack slash a bunch of snacks. Now, this really flies in the face of having, um, you know, the temptation in the world. Remember how I said having pizza around means I'm going to end up eating it? But unfortunately, so, and for Angela, you should be glad to know that me and Ben are both opening it at the same time. So I purposely uh, didn't want to... Dive into it without you being here because it was addressed to the both of us. Brilliant. I know listeners hate when I eat on the podcast. Imagine when I'm just describing snacks on the podcast. Oh my god. Oh, here we go. Ready? Then the unveiling begin. Got it. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. All right. Oh, yeah. One more bit. Ah! Here we go, Ben. Oh, Jesus. All right. All right. There we are. Here Whoa. we go. Whoa. Okay. Oh, okay. Right on the top. First of all, let's get a photo. Oh, that is so good. So amazing. Thank oh, you so much. Oh, my God. Here we go. That is amazing. Oh, my God. Right on top, we have dill pickles con cons. <laughs> oh, it's French. It's French. It's French. Con cons a la nette. And oh my have, god. Uh, Hickory Sticks, the original. That Julien. Amazing. Al, uh, Al Hickory. Um, there is. Far out. Old. Ouch. Old Dutch. Old Dutch. Oh, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has written a note saying also um, one of my favorites. It's a kid. Uh, a favorite as a kid. Uh, but uh, I don't know what that word is. Angela, great sentiment, terrible handwriting. One of my favorite is a kid, uh, but grown out of them. Grown out of them. All right. Oh, my God. There's chocolate. Ben, there's way too many things. to. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Each one of them has its own label. All right. So we can't read every single one of it out. But Angela. Uh, we can. <laughs> we can. There's so many things, though. Awesome. Uh, I love this. Okay, what else is there? All right. We can't, oh, we can't, there's a chocolate, uh, Purdy's chocolate. So these are all Canadian treats. This is Angela amazing. You have outdone yourself. This is uh, my chocolate survival kit. Oh, I could have done this when I rolled my ankle. There's, <laughs> there's craft smooth cremo with the note that says what Marmite is to Australians is what peanut butter is to Canadians. Oh, However, I've Marmite has more this. nutritional value uh, than this specific type of PB. This is what I had growing up. But since then, I have switched to all natural. So uh, I believe Angela is someone who has benefited from losing weight listening to the podcast. Amazing. We can see where you started by putting it on. <laughs> There's cheeses. There is... Oh, what is this shit? Oh, I think I know what that is. A popular snack. Majority of people love this in Eastern Canada. It's a sausage. It's like it's like tin, it's, it's like Frankfurt's tin, tin sausages. Tin sausages. Yeah, yeah. they're called uh, sausage viennoise. Oh, pan yeah. la maple leaf. Oh, West wow! French Actual Canadian Whoa. maple syrup. Angela, is... Angela, Angela. This is amazing. Oh, oh you have God. outdone yourself. This is crazy. The Smarties as well. We have Smarties here, mate. We, we, we <laughs> <are>. <laughs> this is amazing. Kit Kat flavors that are different. We oh, got, my Lord. We've got cheesy. Massive Mars bars that are huge, <laughs> like about nine inches, about the size of a dick. <laughs> I like this one. We've got cheesies. Look at the color of them. They look like, look like they're radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> they're bright orange. They look like uh, Donald Trump's skin. There's also a lovely uh, letter note, which we'll read. Uh, Amazing. Later. But anyway, I just wanted to bring it up on air. Oh, man, there's more to go. This is We've barely scratched the surface here. So that is, oh my oh God. My Lord, Angela, oh. this is unbelievable. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, you made us feel super special. And also, any other listeners who want to do this? <laughs> feel free. Feel free. We love feel it. Free. You can, this is, if you want to get a massive shout out on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we just give it four so minutes. There's fat treats. Uh, there's mac and cheese. Oh, oh my god. god! Look, what is this cereal? Tin tiny bits, chocolate glazed. So, oh uh, wow, Tim Hortons. Oh tiny my bits. god, I love it. It says it says uh, tin bits, which just sounds really sus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my god, Angela, we can't thank you enough. Now we just got to have to figure out how we're going to fight over this. Uh, yeah, I know that's true. Maybe we we'll only make a pack to eat it together. Yeah, that's actually a good idea because we rarely see each other.
We see each other at least once a week. Yeah, okay. Over yeah. Zoom. Oh, we can eat it while we're over Zoom. Well, yeah. Look, that that is the. Uh, I reckon that's the. That's the good one. Right how there. are we going to eat it over Zoom, by the way? Just quietly yeah, pressing. Good, good point. We'd have to divvy it Do you it know up. how physics works? <laughs> ah. All right. Cool. She's packed it. So this is the incredible thing as well. Like, yeah, because it's not quite a, heavy. Not space has gone oh. waste. I, I'm feeling the love. I don't know about you, Dil, but I'm oh definitely I'm feeling, feeling the love. I'm feeling the diabetes. <laughs> and I'm so excited. Thank you, Angela. You've uh, really given an absolute pick-me-up. Uh, also, I don't want to share this with any other comedian. This is just for you and me. Yeah, exactly. Let's, take, just, let's just get it out of this studio where... Features the likes of Josh Earl and Dave Thornton yeah. running around. And let's just put this back. Um, Amazing. I'll hang on to it because I don't trust your kids. Uh, yeah, no, they will eat it in a hurry. <laughs> uh, Angela, a big thank you from both of us. That is Canadian very Angela, sweet. my God, just come right up the, right over the top as favorite listener. Yeah, I'm over, I mean, number one. Me, you, you, I mean, Maney, I appreciate you checking up on my mental health last <laughs> after last week, which is great, and I appreciate that. But, mate, but, Canadian snacks. I know. <laughs> a way to a man's heart is his... Samak, why did you pause? No, I don't know. I was still thinking about the nine-inch Mars bar. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, so ladies bad. and gentlemen, uh, just a reminder, uh, again, uh, we are doing festivals. Uh, Dill, of course, has his show. The Victorious Lion at uh, Lower Town Hall. Uh, oh, big which, venue. Which is exciting because that's where I got my citizenship in. So, yeah. So, so it's very uh, nice for me to get back Grab there. a ticket. And, of course, do the double. Go see Dill. And then, of course, I'm doing my show, apparently, with Josh Earl at 9.30 uh, from uh, the 6th all the way through to the 18th. So And also 24th of April. Yes. Saturday, 5.40 and uh, 8.20, I believe. Two shows in Sydney. Oh, there you go. Sydney. So get onto it. There get we go. on uh, comedy.com.au for all the details and tickets. Or dilrookj.com is probably a yeah. easier way. Uh, but again, a big shout out one more time to everyone who, uh, of course, uh, downloads this podcast. Again, just a reminder, uh, if you like the podcast, share it, uh, of course, with your friends. We always like to have new listeners on board. Uh, and leave a little review on iTunes. that always helps. And, of course, yeah, sign up to Patreon if you wish. Uh, but, again, thank you so much. And uh, I guess we will see. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.